Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with us here today. We appreciate you. We appreciate you being here. We really appreciate more than anything that you are invested in being the best version of yourself. People sometimes ask me, you know, what is Thriving Entrepreneur all about? And, you know, there's lots of answers for that. But ultimately, to be a thriving entrepreneur is really to be that person who is maximizing today. Um, you know, there are things in all of our past that we wish we could change, right? There is things we come from that we have no control over genetically, um, you know, family-wise. And then there's hurts that have come. Some, for some people, I've heard some stories of some people's things they've been through that are just so horrendous. It's hard sometimes to even get through the conversation. And yet when a person is through that, you know, in other words, they're not stuck in that story, but they've come through to the other side of that story. It is so amazing to hear the breakthrough. A good friend of mine, in fact, Greg was on the, on the show just a couple of weeks ago, um, Greg Yates, said in a post on his website just the other day, um, you know, your breakthrough is on the other side of your breakdown. It's going through that darkness that you get to the light. Um, I was reading another book. Um, I, I have an audio, well, I, I have as a habit reading an audio book every morning while I'm uh, just kind of waking up and getting around and those kind of things. And uh, in that audio book, they were talking about the fact that darkness is the absence of light. It's not the covering up of light. It is the non-presence, if you will, of light. That when light comes in, and, and there's even a Bible verse, for those of you that are aware of this, that talks about, you know, when light comes in, it absolutely eliminates and moves away the darkness. Think about that for a second. If you do something as simple as light a candle, strike a match, um, you know, even just the smallest spark will change. It illuminates the darkness. Darkness doesn't have that same power in reverse. It doesn't have the ability to, if you get just a little bit of darkness, you can extinguish light. It doesn't work that way. Whenever light is present, it repels the darkness to the capacity of that particular light. Um, in fact, there are different ratings for different types of light sources, and one of those has to do, essentially, um, this is real basic, um, you know, don't, don't call me and say, well, that's not really what that term means, but from a real essence of it, what it means is how much light, how much darkness can this light 
propel? How much can it drive away? I think a lot of us, we need to have that, you know, kind of as a goal in our own life. How much darkness can we drive away? First from our own lives, and then from the lives of the people that we're meant to serve. And so to get back to the question, what does it mean to be a thriving entrepreneur? I think more than anything else, it has to do with having the most amount of light that you can have for today. You'll be better tomorrow. You'll have more tomorrow. You'll know more. You'll be able to do more. It's just a matter of maximizing where you're at right now today and whether you specifically are making money, people are paying you for that, or um, it's a ministry, or it's a hobby, or it's just something that is innately part of you being you, um, that to me is really living as a thriving entrepreneur. And I think what we find as we go through that process of uh, where we are to where we will end up, that most people find themselves needing to play in a bigger way. And sometimes there's opportunities uh, where we've been planted in the corporation that we work for, um, in the career as a doctor or a lawyer or what have you, that we have chosen for ourselves in our chosen profession. And other times, um, you know, one of the interviews that's coming up here in a couple of weeks, because you know I pre-record all of them, you know, the author was talking about how, um, you know, she was at the top of her game, but there wasn't any happiness. It was really kind of literally destroying every aspect of her life. And when we find that that is the case for the profession that we maybe even are doing really great at, we find ourselves wanting to pivot, whether that be to um, another corporation, another place, or it be to, as is often the case, a business of our own. So I really don't know that necessarily being a thriving entrepreneur always means that you do own a business, but I think it does mean that you hold down the space that is yours to hold in this world. I have a belief, and I've said it here on the show before, I believe that if every single one of us did the most we could with each day, as it's called today, to serve the people that only we can serve and be the best version of ourselves. If everybody did that, there is nothing on this planet that would not be solved. I believe that the cure for cancer, um, you know, all of the things that you could mention that are awful and egregious and horrible and I wish nobody would ever have to go through, if each of us committed ourselves 100% to fully showing up in the world to serve the people that we're meant to serve and be the absolute best version of ourselves, where we are right now today, that this world would be an amazing place and that all of the things that I think, you know, depending on who you are, what things are important to you, but all the things that are important to each of us, we would find the solution for. To me, there's no better way of thriving than when you can serve somebody's need in such a way that you don't give up yourself. 
see a lot of us are really good givers, but we give beyond what we should give. And that's not okay either. That's not thriving. It's not a game of seeing who can give the most, who can suffer the most. It's about having clearly identifiable framework for who you are, for who you're meant to serve, and for what you're meant to do. I'm working on my new workshop. Um, I'm going to actually do it as a workshop, just like we do our Write Your Best Seller in One Hour, which, by the way, is coming up again this week if you're listening live. If not, you can join us in Best Sellers Guild. Kathy always has a replay of that. Um, but the new workshop is called Clarity is Powerful. I want to let that sink in for you for a minute. Clarity is powerful. See, if we're clear who we are and what we're meant to be, we can powerfully show up in this world. It also means that we can be strong in who we are. We can say no to the things that we need to say no to. Sometimes we're in relationships, friends, even family, possibly even you know people that we love that we know aren't good for us. I'm not talking about, you know, you're working on things, you're working through things. I'm talking about the stories that we've brought many times here on the show of people who are being abused. They're being treated badly. They're uh, having a life that is something that no one should ever live. And they're being forced to live through that. Um, we need to have the ability to say no to those things and to value ourselves enough to move on. It isn't about outgiving um, or taking the most punishment that allows us to thrive, but rather to really truly, um, you know, show up as the best version of ourselves so that we can serve the people we're meant to serve. Um, a lot of the things we go through, and I've heard it said, you know, that God allows you to go through the things so that you can... I don't really think that that's the way that it works. I don't think... Perfect example, I've told this on the show before. I look at the story of Joseph. And regardless of your belief, I think most of us know the story of Joseph, the coat of the many colors. You know, there was even a Broadway play about it. You know, in Joseph, he was a dreamer. He was a big mouth. And he was very arrogant about sharing with everybody that he was clear that he was going to pretty much rule the world, including especially his father and mother and brothers and sisters. Um, did not go over well. If any of you have ever had that level of self-confidence, <laughs> I say that kind of sarcastically because let's, let's face it, that's arrogance. Um, where you state what you know to be true in a way that is uncaring to the people receiving it. Um, you know what that's like. You know what it's like to feel that driven, though, too. Joseph's brothers told his father that he died. They were going to kill him. The one brother talked him into, let's just sell him into slavery. They sold his brother into slavery from being a slave in one of the higher households in Egypt. He actually went to jail for just saying no to the man's wife. Um, and then he stayed in jail. 
met a guy, helped him out a lot. And the guy said, you know, I work for the king. I'm going to bring up your name to the king. And then the guy went back to his work for the king and totally forgot about Joseph for like another seven years. And then finally, when it was Joseph's time to help the king, he was released from jail and he became the second in command to all of Egypt. And because of Egypt and, you know, how powerful they were, that was essentially second in command to the ruler of all of the civilized world. Um, and don't uh, don't start writing in about, you know, well, what about China and, and all of the, the civilization there? Just go with me on it, okay? My point is, is that I don't think that God's plan was for Joseph to be beaten and sold into slavery and spend years in jail. I think there's a lot more elegant way for us to have the dreams that we know we're supposed to have in life come to fruition. Most of the time it's us that get in the way. Sometimes it's other people in our lives. But no matter whether the things that you've been through are things that you created in your own life, they're things that other people have brought into your life, or they're just purely environmentally. You were born in a family that was, you know, in a lower income bracket or lower educated bracket or those kind of things, whatever that might be, regardless of that come from, there's an amazing place that you're headed to. And you have the ability to shine as you, to be that light that only you can be, to serve the needs of those people that only you can serve. Each of us has things that we have to say no to, that we have to move away from. Each of us has things that we need to grow from that weren't as good as they could or should or would have been. But now we can grow to the place that they always should have been and more importantly, that they totally can be. I hope that that puts in front of you a vision of a life free from the restraints of the people that you feel locked in with and free of the constraints of your past and really truly able to move into the brightness that is your illuminated future as you be the person that only you can be as you shine and drive away the darkness with your talent, your ability, and your giftings. With that, you will be living as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. 
Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur. You know, I pre-record the show and sometimes the outtakes, I should probably actually play them. They'd crack you up. Um, you know, I I guess I have just the tiniest little bit. I'm always telling my guests, it's like, don't worry about it. You know, the dog barks, whatever. Um, and my little mocha, she's barked many times and that stayed in the show. But there are some... Um, times when I faux pas words and they're just hilarious and it's like I don't know why um, I just now just said instead of thank you for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur I said thank you for living (laughs) so you know there you go you got to have kind of an outtake uh, replay of it Um, it's fun for me to be here with you I love bringing help and insight into your life especially I love bringing to you these amazing authors. Today I've got two really incredibly great international best-selling authors with a couple of books that are really going to help you up-level yourself so that you can show up as the best version of who you are and you can live today as a thriving entrepreneur. Are you ready for it? Let's jump right in. Let's up-level as we learn how to thrive right now here today. Ooh, we're going to talk about a good one today, emotional wellness. Are you actually well emotionally or do you allow other people to determine how you're feeling today emotionally? I'm so delighted to be joined by international best-selling author, Eugenia Yvette, as she talks about her great book, Checked Out. Hi, Eugenia. How are you today? Hey there, I'm doing great. How are you doing today, Steve? I'm doing good, thanks. So your book, Checked Out, um, before we jump right into that, tell us just a little bit about who you are and what got you in life to the point where you're ready to write a book. Okay, well, I am, um, by, um, I'm by right, I'm the only child. I'm a mother. Um, I'm in ministry, but ultimately I'm a woman that um, is always seeking for betterment. So um, the book is something I've always desired to do since I was little. So I'm kind of excited that I had the opportunity to meet up with Kid Marketing and have that opportunity to produce a book. Since our meeting, um, I've actually have two other books out as well, but they're anthologies. Okay. So um, the book. Um, checked out. Explain to us, first of all, what you mean about that. Okay, checked out. A lot of times um, we spend so much time checking into other people's realities of us that we don't take out time to check into ourselves. So checked out came um, from a time in my life where I was tired of always being present for everyone but myself. And I was wondering, like, what is it that's causing me to do the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, but yet the same results and sometimes worse. So after doing some self-evaluation, some seeking, some praying, 
um, sometimes even fasting, I was like, okay, what is it that's causing the same thing over and over again? What is it that's drawing the same individuals over and over again? And sometimes people, when they see the cover of the book, they think it's about relationships only. But checked out could be a job. It could be a career. It could be education. It could be friendship. It could be relationships. So it's so many ways we can check in and check out our different things. So that's where checked out comes in at because I was thinking that we have to be at a point in our lives where we're okay with ourselves enough to say, hey, I'm checking out of whatever your reality is of me and I'm checking into me. And so much to the point where we say, hey, the offer is cute. The job proposal is cute. The relationship is cute. The proposal is cute. I'm really flattered but I'm not interested. I'm checked out. Hmm. That's tough. You know, I mean, a lot of times I think we feel obligated to give some of our time attention to all of those different kind of things. You know what I mean? For sure. Yes. So, I definitely understand. Yeah. So how do we get emotionally well enough to be able to say, um, you know, hey, I'm flattered, but I'm not interested. Well, we have to do some time, spending time with ourselves. You know, that's the first key. We have to recognize that there's an issue. Um, and let's sit down and I suggest that you sit down and, and, and write down some lists. Even in the book, there's a liability asset, there's evaluation, there's journaling. You have to take out some time with yourself. That's a must. In order to be able to fix any problem, especially self-evaluation, you have to take out that time. It's a must. So what? Uh, give me an example of what I would do when I'm taking that time. What would I do during that time? Okay, I don't know how many people are familiar with meditation. I suggest meditation. So what I do is, um, I just get to myself and, you know, a lot of times people say, well, I work a job. I don't have time. Most jobs have 10 minute breaks, 15 minute breaks. So in that, in that break time, go to a bathroom, go to your vehicle and just get to yourself and say, hmm, okay, let me just go review the day, review my decisions, review where I'm at. Am I happy where I'm at? You know, usually if we take some time with ourselves in silence, a lot of things that we're running from, we'll be able to identify because when it's just you and, and nothing else but you in an empty space, no noise, no people, no music, just you in silence, you have to come, come to grips with a lot of things, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. And so that's, that's what that would look like, taking at least 10 minutes of your time and saying, hey, this 10 minutes is, is my selfish time. I'm not getting involved with anyone. I'm not going to listen to radio. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm not going to be on the phone. I'm going to just sit this 10 minutes out and just, just sit here and think. And while I'm thinking, have some paper and pencil because you might see some things that you're just not happy with. And sometimes we're not happy with stuff, but we just so we're accustomed to just getting and dealing with it that we don't even, you know, realize that it's really hindering us from going to the next level in our lives because we're so used to just, I guess, accepting whatever's been thrown at us. So, what does it look like? I mean, what does emotional wellness even? really show up in our lives as? Um, emotional wellness shows up as sometimes getting to a therapist. I know and part of my journey, even with the book, as I tell my story, I had to get a um, pastoral counselor in my life. Um, and what she did was she did not tell me what I needed to do. 
but she helped me identify what I was doing. And then her question was, so how do you feel about that? So sometimes some people are funny about talking to other people, but that helped me through my journey, the counseling. And then after the counseling, because she in the counseling, she she made me journal. I had my homework was to do what I'm telling, what I'm suggesting. Take that 10 minutes. Write down some things. Write down what you like about what's where you're currently at in your life. Write down the every relationship that you're involved in. How is it serving you? How's it serving your better purpose and your and your better good? Is it serving your better good? Is it making you better or is it making you worse? Is it making you happy or is it making you sad? So within that time of just evaluating, taking and writing down a list of where you are, where you desire to be, and how close and how far you are to where you're going. Hope that answered your question. It does, absolutely. So um, there's lots of really great parts in this book. Um, my unfair question to you today is, if you had to just pick out one today, what is your favorite part of the book? My favorite part would be um, emotion. I think I have a chapter to call emotional cleansing. And that's like the last chapter. And that is important to me, or that's my favorite part, is because that's when I really discovered the need to say, hey, I refuse to continue doing the same thing. I've got to stop. If I don't stop, then I'm going to mess my kids' lives up. I'm going to continue to be miserable. And I have to just come to grips with myself and realize that when coming to grips, sometimes you may lose a lot. You may lose people. You may lose money. But the peace of mind that you gain from that is priceless. And when you have a clear mind and a peace of mind, you can accomplish anything. So if you could go back and talk to the younger version of yourself, you know, late teens, early 20s, what advice would you give to yourself from what you know today that you didn't know back then? I would say embrace who you are. Don't allow anyone to dictate to you who you are. All right. Embrace who you are. What does embracing who you are look like? I mean, really give me an example of how that would, would, would work. Okay. So with me, I got married very young. Um, one reason why I was, I was, I was, I was ministering at 13. And so I wanted to have the whole family life. And then of course I wanted family life because of the way my family had gotten broken up along my, my journey up to adulthood. And then also um, something that, you know, it's kind of a taboo sometimes in churches. I want to have adult relationships. So with that being said, I went according to the standard way of doing things and I got married. Of course, at 18 years old, the day after high school graduation, you don't know anything about marriage, like not one thing. You don't even know if you like yourself, let alone another person. I wouldn't have gotten married. I would have actually pursued my education and and just made what happened happen then instead of waiting to like different broken relationships, a bunch of children and saying, okay, now it's time to live my best life. Yeah. I would have began that journey early on instead of waiting to disappointments and sadness and, and brokenness and financial challenges caused me to say, okay, you know what? I am not going to lose any more money. I'm not going to cry anymore. I'm not going to be cheated on anymore. I'm going to live my best life now. 
Because as you get older, it's much harder to do the things that you have a fresh start at in your younger years. You can still do it because we're doing it now, but it's, it's so much harder. It's so much difficult to do it. If only at, you know, 16 or 18 or 20, we knew what we know now, right? <laughs> Most definitely. I think the hindsight is twenty twenty. Oh, yeah. So um, there is a lot of fill-in-the-blank places in the book and things like that. Um, and, of course, a person's going to have to buy the book and read it to, to go through all of it. But what's one action that somebody listening to the show could take right now today? The first action would be to self-evaluate. That's major. So just to be really clear for people, give them a really good idea. Um, walk them step by step, by step through self-evaluating themselves. Okay, well, get together with yourself in silence with some paper and pencil. Write down what you like about yourself. You know, write down what you really would like to work on. Write down your, your assets. You know, what, what do you do best? What's, what's, what do you, what's really that, what's, what is that? I can't talk. What do you do really well? And then write down what's not so well. What, what do you have a challenge with? Then write down, with, along with self-evaluation, it's important to write down who are your people in your inner circle because a lot of times your circle really tells who you really are. You know, so write down those individuals and how do they contribute to your life. Are they making it better? Or do they make you feel bad about yourself? Because sometimes you have people in your life and when you're around them, they just make you feel horrible, <laughs> you know? And that's a problem. That's part of self-evaluation because our friends and our, our people that we hold close to us, that we have in our space, that can kind of demonstrate how and where we are in life. So that's what I would say. Write down those things in the self-evaluation process. And then write down where you want to go. You know, because a lot of times we know where we want to be. We may work a nine to five and really want to be an entrepreneur. And we, we have every excuse in the world, well, I need to pay my bills, I need to do this. But if we write down, okay, I need this amount of money to do this and this and that. I really don't want to clock in every day of my life. I want to actually be able to enjoy life, enjoy travel. Then you start writing that stuff down and set some goals, set some, some short-term goals, some mid-term goals, and some long-term goals. So all that's a part of a self-evaluation. Writing down things about yourself, writing down things about your people of influence in your life, people are close in your circle, then writing down goals, setting goals. Before you set them, you might want to write down some things, like play around with some ideas, like, well, I really want to own this right here by this time. And make it, make it plain. Write down what you would like to have. And then you have benchmarks to say, okay, well, I'm not headed that way. What am I doing? What can I do differently? So that's what I would suggest. Writing down is very important things. Mm, that's good stuff. For many of us, we need to look at situations in our life and say to them, cute, flattered, but not interested. I'm checked out. I really do encourage yes. you to check out Eugenia's book. Eugenia Yvette, her book, Checked Out, you can get it on Amazon today. Eugenia, uh, if somebody wants to go deeper with you, how can they follow up with you other than getting the book? Okay, now I have a, a website, eugeniavet.com. I have 
email eugenieyvette at gmail.com. I am on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Periscope. I'm also in the process of making Checkout into a stage play come April 2020, as well as a movie. Perfect. Well, Eugenia, thanks so much for spending some time with us on the show today. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Steve. I don't know about you, but I love that phrase, and I want to live there. I want to live in emotional wellness. I want to be well, not just physically. You know, I'm working on that. But I also want to be well mentally. But I, most importantly, sometimes think we forget how important it is to have our emotions well, to not have those pains and traumas of the past be the thing that defines our present. You know, the rear view mirror is only good for when you're backing up. And here's the thing in life, there is no do-overs, there is no backing up, you can only move forward. You could move forward in such a way that you can get over to a path that you had missed, but you can't go back to, say, being 16 and do it over again. So what we need to do is up-level ourselves, learn to be emotionally well, and live as a thriving entrepreneur. Let's do that. We'll take a quick commercial break here, and then we'll be back with our other author. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening today to Thriving Entrepreneur. In the last segment, we were talking about emotional wellness, and now we want to talk about the extent that you can achieve, that you can succeed, the heights that you can go to, regardless of where you come from. I really want you to pay attention both to what we did talk about as well as what we're getting ready to talk about now so that you can put it all together and you can thrive while it's called today. With each day, maximize the use of today. I really want that for you. Did you know that you have the power to excel irrespective of your background? Well, if you didn't know that solidly today, we're joined by international best-selling author, Simeon Edoswam, and uh, we are going to talk about his great book, you have the power to excel irrespective of your background. He's going to give us insights into your breakthrough despite the odds. Hi, Simeon. How are you today? 
I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good, thanks. So tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, tell us a little bit about you. Um, well, um, Simeon, it's, um, it's a nice, interesting guy. <laughs> um, a very humble fellow. So originally, Simeon is from uh, Nigeria. And so he moved to the United States as an adult. Um, he has um, a wife and he has three kids. And um, Simeon is an educator, other than speaking, he's an educator and um, um, he works mostly in, 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 in the universities and works with college uh, students. And its area of expertise is, is, is preparing students for success. So that's one thing that Simeon has done for a lot of years. And so recently, Simeon worked as an education specialist at North Dakota State University. Uh, in fact, a big part of Simeon is that Simeon lived in North Dakota for nine years. And so before he recently moved to Atlanta, Georgia. And so um, anytime um, Simeon is talking, people want to know, hey, how did you, how did you make it in North Dakota? Because North Dakota is so cool. But it's, um, it's a great place to live. And so, so I, I just have um, a stable life. And so I, I recently worked as education specialist at North Dakota State University. And uh, before I, I kicked off uh, or relaunched my uh, uh, professional speaking career, in fact, I, I started speaking way back in, in 2014. And, and so uh, when I went back to graduate school, I couldn't, I couldn't cope, but came back. And so kind of really interesting for me right now. So... <clears throat> excelling regardless of your background. Give people a, a general idea about some of the things uh, that you came from as a child. Okay, absolutely. Um, as a child, yeah, but I grew up from um, a very humble family like I shared in my, in my, in my book. Um, my father was was a farmer, and so we just uh, we 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 basically grew our own food, and so. But I, as a child, I really never appreciated that, you know, because actually I did not even like going to the farm. Um, but I was naive, you know. I I I had always thought that you know farming was a difficult uh, profession, and so. But one day, uh, you know, I I really had you know this epiphany, and, and I think I was not living in the U.S. now. So I went to the store, and so because I was not used to buying fruits, we grow our own fruit, be apple, banana, oranges, we, we grow those things. And so when I, when I went to the store and I, I, I picked a bag of orange, and when I saw the price tag on it, I was kind of really embarrassed the way I screamed, because I was like, this is so expensive. Um, you know, so just kind of, to tell you a little bit about about my background, so but as a child growing up, we we really did not have much. We just we just kind of it was just like living from, you know, uh, hand to mouth, and and so, uh, and one of the things that gave us kind of a little setback, but also became a blessing, was an accident that my father had when I was seven years old, and so that really set our financial situation into a very bad place. And so growing up as a child, um, it was just getting from here and there, you know. 
and so um childhood wasn't you know i didn't i didn't have the flamboyant things of life you know but but with hard work and and persistence uh my father was able to give us the basics and and the real foundation that that will that will help us grow um as a child i also grew up going to church we we were really uh Christian folks and especially my father, he 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 never missed a day of church. So my child my childhood was really was really fun. Um, but I didn't have the fantastic things of life. Um, I remember when I was in school, I would I would walk almost about ten miles to school and you know, and, and that was kind of um an experience that uh, some of those things were difficult, but later in life it came to shape me up. It's interesting, you say in your book, to excel, you must build your identity capital. Can you explain to us what identity capital is? Absolutely, yeah, that's, uh, that's a, a fantastic uh, phrase that I got from um, um, Meg uh, in, a, in a TED talk, Meg J. And so, you know, in life, in most cases in life, in, in most instances in life, we talk about crisis you know, having, having crisis. I remember many years ago when I started my, about four years ago when I started my doctoral program, one of the things that they, they told us about was that we were going to be having identity crisis, kind of like a stage in life where you have too much challenges and too much things going on. And, and, and how you navigate those various crises, it's um, going to be either your make or your break moment. And so you also find out that in life, we focus so much on the challenges and crises that we, we, we experience. And so, but in this, um, so opposite, the opposite of identity crisis is identity capital. And so capital is like a resources, look at it like resources, anything that you have, it's a capital. And so in this, in this talk that I really got this concept of, uh, identity uh, capital from was when um, Meg Jay, she talked about, she's a psychologist, and so she talked about that very often in life, especially in the early 20s, you know, we do not do things that uh, add value to us, you know, and sometimes you think that, oh, I'm still young. But in that talk, she talked about the idea where every day of your life, begin to do something that is a reflection of what you want to be. And so in a nutshell, if I just go directly to your, your, your question, identity capital is an idea of becoming valuable. Anything that you have that is valuable to you, that's your identity capital. And so for you to be able to advance that your identity capital, you need to do something every day that can make you become valuable and so if this um for example we're having this interview now and so if you it is jackie or you're a radio specialist what are you doing to advance that cause anything that you're doing to advance that cause that can enhance you becomes your identity capital that's excellent i love it so what is something that the listener could do right now today to find their breakthrough despite the odds that they might have against them? 
Absolutely. Um, and so there, there are a variety of things that uh, listeners that you could you could do. Um, one of the, the ideas that I promoted in my book is that we are all unique, irrespective of your background, irrespective of where you are coming from, what's going on with you. There is something unique about you. And so one of the things that you could do to actually also build or advance your identity capital is to find a passion. What are you passionate about? You know, um, it's so important that we find our passion. And so because what you're passionate about is something that you can actually excel in. Um, I remember um, a few years ago, I, 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 uh, I was at a store. So I met, I met a young kid. And so we, we, we started interacting and while we were interacting, he, he, he told me that, um, so I was asking him, what do you want to do or what do you want to study? And he was like, he doesn't know. So I was like, okay, but what are you very good at? What are the things that you like doing? And he said, um, well, one of the things that he likes playing video games. I'm like, great. Do you know that you can become an expert in that area building video games? And people would definitely not buy your games instead of you just playing other people's game. And he was like, great. So I was surprised that a few years ago, um, uh, about last year, he took to that advice. He emailed me. I don't know how he found me online, but he emailed me and said he's grateful for the advice that I gave him that, you know, it's, uh, he's in a college now. He's studying something that has to do with robotics. And so I was so excited for him. And so the idea is that for anybody listening right now, it's that uh, for you to get your breakthrough in life, the very first thing is to find what is it that you are really passionate about that you like to do. And so for me, for example, I don't, I have a very deep accent, you know, um, but I have discovered that I do have a gift of speaking. I have a gift of motivating others. And so because I know that I have that gift, I have decided that, oh, I want to pursue that passion. And that's one of the things that brings joy to me. Like I, I tell folks, uh, there are two things in life that uh, you really need to pay attention to, your family and what you do for a living. And so look at it like this. For example, like your job, you spend typically eight hours of the day on your job. And so can you imagine doing a job that you do not like? and you'll be there for eight hours, it's more or less like a waste of time because what happens is that you're not going to bring out your best. But what happens if you do a job that you enjoy, even if it's just being a, wait a waitress at the store, even if it's just being a bartender, even if it's just being a DJ, whatever it is, and you enjoy doing it, what will happen is that you will not only excel in that area, but you will bless the life of the people that you're going to serve because you are doing it with the whole of your passion. You know, a good example is when you go to a store and you see somebody that doesn't really want to be there at the store. I'm sure you wouldn't want to buy from that person. But when you see somebody that is so optimistic, is so eager to attend to you, what happens? You want that person to attend to you. And so, so uh, in a nutshell, is first of all, find your passion. Um, what are you passionate about? That's one thing that you can get a breakthrough. Um, another thing that I talked about in my uh, in my book, which 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 could be really interesting in, in getting a breakthrough, 
is that sometimes um, life, life is not a sprint. Life is like a marathon. And you know, and you know a marathon is a long distant race where, where you have to prepare everything. And so for you to be able to get breakthrough, life is tough. And so sometimes we need to put in everything, both our mental faculty, our energy, our resources, everything in, in, in it, you know? And so that's one of the things that we can do. So the ability to be able to understand that to get your breakthrough in life is not just overnight. It's something that you have to work out day in, day out. And in doing that, you build that resilience to help you do that, then you will get your breakthrough. And the last part I will just talk about in that question before I would, uh, I will keep my mouth, but I like to talk. Uh, it's being optimistic, you know, be positive about your life. A lot of time, human psychology, it's, it's, we tend to not to see things from the bright side. We always look at the images. Um, but over the years, I've also come to understand that in life, if you really want to get a breakthrough, you need to have a positive picture of what your life could become, of what things could be with you. Do not look at your immediate circumstance because sometimes your immediate circumstance is not a true reflection of what tomorrow may be. Today may be very, very rough, but be optimistic that whatever you are doing, provided if you like, if you follow the interview very well, provided you are building your identity capital, whatever you're doing, have some optimism that it will turn out right. Interpret the li your life events from a very positive perspective. Even that doesn't mean that things is not going to go wrong. Sometimes it's going to go wrong. Sometimes it will look as if the world, everything is going to crumble. But hang in there. Once you hang in there and look, look onto life with hope, believe me, you, your breakthrough is just around the corner. The book is called You Have the Power to Excel, Irrespective of Your Background insights into your breakthrough despite the odds. It's by international best-selling author, Simeon O. Edosamuan. Simeon, thanks so much for having uh, some time for us today and spending some time with us here on the show. It's been a pleasure and thank you too for, for giving me this, uh, this audience. And, and, and I want to also quickly say that, you know, You've been a, a, a very big part of the success of this work too. And, and, and um, the ability to be able to, to work with others is one of the skills that we also need to get our breakthrough. And so you have been very patient in this process and uh, that has been a huge, uh, a huge factor too uh, in helping uh, this work come to, to Lamlight. So thank you too, Steve and Kate. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. So, you know, it's important that we really look at the story that we tell ourselves because our story can either be empowering or it can be disarming. And it's really up to you because your background, your past does not equal your future. It's so easy to be able to say, um, you know, I came from this. I only have this much money, I only. And we make all of these really sexy excuses as to why not, as opposed to focusing on success. That's so powerful because, 
And here's the thing that really always holds me to task. Um, not in a way, and I don't want you to adopt a way where you're beating yourself up, but in a way that's encouraging. Um, I've had so many amazing guests here on the show that have come from situations that are so far beyond the realm of what I can imagine. I remember having a discussion about how poor we were growing up as kids, um, and I made a post on Facebook about, you know, I didn't even know how poor we were as kids. I just thought that was normal. And my aunt, who was uh, was a missionary for many years in, uh, in Africa, her and her husband and their kids, um, she said, you know, I, I, I always grew up believing that we were very poor. She said, until I saw what real poverty really was. And then it really gave me a different perspective. And you know, that's true. It's all respective to how you look at it. Because those same people, some of them, they feel blessed and rich for each and every drop of rain that falls and everything that comes into their life. It really is the same. It's just a matter of how you choose to perceive it and how you then choose to show up and live your life. I want you to show up in such a way that you repel as much darkness as you can, that you be the best version of you and you live as a thriving entrepreneur. I really want that for you. Let's take our last commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. I really enjoyed the journey that we went on together as we listened to both of these international best-selling authors. And I had a thought as I was putting together this last uh, commercial break into the last segment, and it's this. Do you celebrate yourself? Do you give yourself credit for how far you've come? Do you mark down where you are now? and then come back later and look at the growth. Do you remember, and maybe your family didn't do this, maybe they did, but I'm sure you've at least seen it on TV, where there's marks on the wall that measures how tall the child is, and they want to, uh, you know, come back often way too, you know, way too soon because they don't grow as quick. Although there are some days when it feels like you could measure them every day and they'd be just a little bit taller. But, you know, over the course of time, that tiny little child turns into somebody. 
um, you know, next thing you know, the person who you were carrying in your arms is now taller than you. <laughs> I know I have that with both of my sons. And it's cool. It's fun to watch. Um, that's the same in our own life. We need to really be aware of our growth. But then awareness doesn't do any good unless we do something with it. And here's what I want to encourage you to do today. Celebrate you. Say about something you do today. I'm amazing. Wow, I did a really good job at that. Compliment yourself. In my book, you know, one of the... Uh, it's now coming out as a series, and one of the things that I talk about is learning how to celebrate yourself. If you will put in as a habit of rewarding yourself, giving yourself little certificates, go out and buy a gift certificate, and then next time you make 10 sales calls before lunch, give yourself the certificate, not if you made 10 sales, but just simply said, you know what, I'm going to give a bonus today to the salesperson who, any salesperson in our company who makes 10 sales calls today. And because it's a company of one, guess what? All you got to do is do it and you win. Um, you know, you really do need to celebrate yourself and say about yourself, you know what? I did a really good job at that. I'm amazing. True humility is a right perspective of yourself. In fact, it's a form of conceit when we do not acknowledge the things that we're good at just as well as we acknowledge the things that we are failing at. So be truly humble today and say something nice about you. Because here's what I know for sure. You are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose and the world needs you. That means that you need to make the most of today, shine your light as bright as it's able to today, and share what you have with the world, with the people you're meant to serve. For many of you, that does mean come join us in Bestsellers Guild at bestsellersguild.com because you need to get that book out there into the world. Whether you already are a bestseller or you're on the way to your first bestseller, now's your time to share your message with the world. And know that Kathy and I are here to help you so that you can live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. 
Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.